0: This afternoon, we begin OSL Level 1. It is my favorite subject, and we are going to have a great time. It is a different setting where I'm able to uh, be with you, and in a different, smaller setting. And uh, so I look forward to that for all that signed up. If you haven't, please do. Be a part of that and spend some time growing in the Lord and finding out more of who you are. We've been uh, talking in this series about Who Am I? And today we're going to begin, uh, today and next week, uh, and we're going to entitle it Build God's Kingdom. We are created to build God's kingdom. We found out, first of all, that we were created to believe in Jesus. Second of all, that we are to belong to family, that you belong. And third of all, we are created to walk in Jesus' footsteps, and finding out that we are servants, and the greatest among you are servants. And today, we are created to build God's kingdom, and I just want you to understand that God is more concerned about what you're becoming. This series is not about getting you to do more. Even though when you really understand who you are, you're going to do more, but let me tell you, you're going to do a lot more with the wisdom of God and accomplish accomplish much more. There's a lot of people that, that work and 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 never get anywhere. Have You ever been there? It Just seemed like you had a day you just kept doing more and more and more and more and you just didn't feel like you got anywhere. So today we're going to really recognize what God created us to become and to be. We have an assignment and it's to build the kingdom of God. And we're going to show you what this is. Notice that we have learned that God created you to be. And if there's something he's assigned us to do, then he's already created us to be that. And so I'm going to show you this this morning and next week that God has called us with a mission to love those that are around us. To be a blessing. I had the privilege of flying to Michigan this week, Uh, left on Monday, came back last night around 9.30, and um, went and did a lot of work at at my mother's house, which is now, you know, my family's house, and helped my brother with some things. And when I was flying back, I flew (laughs) or in an airport for 13 hours because of thunderstorms. And normally, it takes about four hours and 30 minutes. So I could have been really frustrated and angry and upset and mad and all that, and I just, no, I'm not going to be that way because I know who I'm created to be. I have the privilege to sit next to a young lady who's flying to Seattle, and she is happily married. We talked about uh, uh, her husband, and then uh, she has three children. And uh, her husband said, you need to take a week away from the children. So she was all excited, but the whole time she talked about her children. You know how you ladies are. And uh, so we laughed about that. And then I had the privilege of sitting next to a woman who uh, was flying uh, to California from Michigan. And she um, lost her brother. And so she was coming out for a funeral. So I was able to pray with her and to talk with her and help her with that. Then I had the privilege in another length of flying, uh, uh, sitting next to a guy who is a multimillionaire who has a company and he is working with Canada right now with a $200 million uh, project. And, uh, and just through the conversation, he told me, you know, and, and in that whole project, I'll get 1.5 to 2% of 200 million. And so, you know, my brain just went <laughs> But able to talk with him and to talk to him about the Lord, and he began to talk about uh, how he began to serve the Lord and everything, and and now he lives in a small town in Alabama, and every Sunday after church, uh, he has a big barbecue for the whole city, and uh, so he's just learned how to minister to people, <clears throat> and uh, he's a man that's just learning how to grow in the Lord, how. And so we sat down and, and uh, he asked me what I did. I was able to talk with him. What I'm, I'm saying all that, not to talk about me, but I'm saying all that is that every place you are, every place you go, every person you talk to is an ability and a privilege and an honor to minister the kingdom of God to them. To let them see and hear the kingdom of God. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to show you what Jesus said the kingdom of God is. Jesus' primary message is about the kingdom of God and our part in that kingdom. You were created to be with something very special. God has a, a primary message that says you were created to transform others, to help transform others into the revelation and understanding of the kingdom of God. Matthew 4, verse 17. Look how Jesus speaks. From that time, Jesus began to preach and to say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Mark 1, chapter 14 and 15. Now after John was put in prison, Jesus came to Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is is at hand repent and believe in the gospel we learned the word repent is talking about doing a 180 turning around deciding to do the exact opposite of what you did and we found out in this series that that exact opposite is not living from your flesh but living from your spirit is being guided by the holy spirit not being guided by your past that you've been delivered from the rejection of your past You've been delivered from selfishness, and now today, you can live your life in a life that is a giving life, that is a life that touches other people, that it's about other people. Matthew 10 verse 7 says, and and as you go, preach, saying, the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Now, it seemed like Jesus was that different kind of guy that's on the corner of your street and he's on the corner of your street with a megaphone saying repent or you're going to hell well no that's not really what he's talking about but that's the guy that when you see him you walk on the other side of the street right and we have this understanding or thinking when Jesus is crying out repent you know the kingdom of God is at hand and we're thinking about the sin. We're thinking about that everyone is terrible and bad. They're going to hell and all those different things. Now, there is little truth in that. But here's what I want to tell you. If you are born again, you're changed. You're transformed. And something God did that transformed you into a human being that literally can walk in the kingdom of God. Jesus is saying this over and over, and over. He's talking about you. That the kingdom of God is at hand. He's talking about you. That's the assignment that you have. You mean, Pastor, now you want me to go down the street with my megaphone? That's not what I'm saying. If God leads you to do that, do it. But the reality is that there's something that God has created us to be that gives us a revelation and understanding of what we can do in his kingdom on this earth. So Jesus is saying over and over, the kingdom of God is right here and is within your grasp. But many so misunderstand what Jesus is proclaiming. Many think that it's this, watch out, Jesus is coming back. You better better straighten yourself out. You're kind of like Christmas. He has a list, and he's checking it twice. And if you're, if you're out of line, if you're bad, if you've got problems, watch out, because you may not go to heaven. Watch out, repent, 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 repent. Now, I want to tell you that we need to repent every single day in our lives. But a lot of times when we hear the word repent, we're thinking about that, you know, we've done this awful sin, but we need to turn our thinking, turn our ways to the ways of the Lord. We need to literally turn around. When we are seeing life, and we want to act this way, we want to say this, we want to do this, but we know that's against the word of God, we need to turn the other way. We need to do a 180 to repent. The word repent is metanoia, and it means to change your mind or a transformative change of the heart. Something happens when you uh, become born again. There's a transformative thing that takes place. And in your heart, your spirit becomes brand new. You have a 100% ability to be transformed and to change your mind. And Jesus, every single time he preached or he talked, he talked about that the kingdom of God is at hand. What does he mean? What is he saying to you? When he talks about repenting all the time, what is he saying to you? And because of religion, we take the, the soulish aspect of what, what we think he's saying instead of the spiritual truth that is transformative and will change your life and everything that you do, if you get it. Confession is great. First John 1:9: Confess your sins before the Lord, and he is faithful and just to forgive you of that that sin and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. Confession is great, but Jesus is crying out, change your mind. Change your thinking. To change our mind of who the the kingdom of God really is, of what the kingdom of God really is, of where the kingdom of God really is. So this is what I want to show you today. Jesus, God himself, has chosen to partner with you in building the kingdom of God. And he's crying out, he said, the kingdom of God is at hand. The kingdom of God is there for you and me. When you confess Jesus Christ as Lord, it is at hand. It is something that is for you. Questions we ask. Well, what is it? What is this kingdom? What is it all about? Who gets in? Who doesn't get in? It's like a contest to a lot of people. When the contest has already been won, it was won at the cross. And Jesus has created new creation, you and me, to be able to walk in this amazing anointing and amazing ministry that every one of us have. Another question is, wouldn't it be great if there was a scripture explaining the kingdom of God? Well, there is. Luke chapter 17. Let's read it. Now when he was asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, he answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. Nor will they say, See here or see there? For indeed, the kingdom of God is within you. (laughs) we're looking for God to do something let me just tell you in the south this is what they say he done did it it's in you The kingdom of God is in you. You have the kingdom. It is at hand. It is there for you to walk in, for you to move in, for you to see the experience of it and the process of what the kingdom of God will do when you understand it and you live in it. So we're going to find out all what it is and we're going to find out what we need to do to enact that. The kingdom of God is in you and is to grow in you so you can impact the world around you. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at three different ways that we ourselves can partner with God to build the kingdom of God. And what I did here is, is there are many things that, and you'll find out when I give you a point, I will add stuff to it. It's not in your notes, but I will add, you can write it down. So it's not an extensive list, but I think it is one of the the three major points of what I think the list is of, of partnering with God in his kingdom, in the kingdom of God. First of all, we build the kingdom with prayer. We build the kingdom with prayer. You can add fasting there. We build the kingdom of God with prayer and fasting. The staff were in conversation, some of us, regarding our fasting for the end of the year and the beginning of next year. And we're going to be sharing with you in that area. And the reason is, is not so that we can walk around thinking that we're spiritual. The reason is because fasting really ignites you to become what God called you to become and incites you and teaches you the kingdom of God, and it molds your thinking into kingdom of God thinking. Your prayers matter and they are important. One of the places in Scripture that shows us this is where God you know, teaches us on prayer, it shows us the kingdom of God enacted with prayer. And we call it the Lord's Prayer. Actually, it's not a prayer, it's a teaching. But Matthew 6, 9 says, In this manner, therefore, literal language, when you pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. See, right from the start, I just love it when Pastor Ryan and Terry or or, uh, Dan get up or, or Nolan, anybody gets up, and they begin to speak I'm listening not just to the man or the woman. I am listening to the spirit behind the man and woman. And I'm not talking about their spirit, whether they're right or wrong. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. And so my ears are attuned to what the spirit is saying through the vessel. As when you talk with me, my ears are in tune to the spirit, the Holy Spirit that's in you that is speaking truth through you, because I learn from you. I grow with you. I'm your brother. I'm your friend. And I'm your pastor, yes. But the reality is, is that in the kingdom of God, we begin to live and walk and dream with one another, because we belong to each other. We're called to each other. So when he says this, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name right from the start, that you acknowledge God in everything worship and honor all that he is anytime that you pray let me just say this to you i would encourage you even though you are in the midst of the greatest trouble you are in tragedy that has taken place when you go to the father don't just go to him oh god go to the father and acknowledge he's god and you know because he 's God he 's holy, and he has the answer and then you can say, "Oh God, no, it just <laughs> but the reality is is you must understand Jesus is saying, in everything you do in the kingdom of God, you will always acknowledge God. you will always honor who He is, and when you honor who He is, then what happens, that honor comes back with a reward." And honor happens to you. So right from the start, you acknowledge God and worship and honor all he is. See, Hollywood is literally talking about worship with intimacy through knowing him. When it's talking about Hollywood, it's not like, ooh. It's talking about intimacy. When you say, Hollywood be your name, you are saying that out of an intimate understanding of who he is. And intimacy is manifesting back to you. He's showing you who he is. No matter where you're at, what's going on, God is there. His desire, his passion, is to have intimacy with you. To talk and walk with you, just like he walked with Adam. People say to me all the time, you know, wouldn't it be great if you were in the garden and you were able to walk with Jesus every morning? I said, I walk with him 24-7. Amen? Amen? Not that I'm perfect. Not that I do everything right. I walk with him 24-7 because he lives in me. See, with Adam, he would come and they'd hang out for a while, laugh a little bit and enjoy life and then, then Jesus would be gone. And then they'd hang out. He'd hang out with, with Eve. But with you and me, if we really understand the kingdom of God, And understand that it's within us, that the kingdom of God, that we are with God 24-7. And how many Christians today are crying out, oh God, where are you? He's saying, I'm right here trying to get you to know I'm here. Amen. And that's why Jesus is saying, repent. Change your thinking. Change the way you think about your life here on this earth. Because I did something special on the cross, and I'm with you. And every situation you face, everything you go through, I am there. I will never leave you nor forsake you. The kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven. Oh, you go into the doctrinal part and some kingdom of God, some the kingdom of heaven, talking about salvation. All that's included. But doesn't scripture say that whatever's in heaven can be on earth? Oh, let's read it. Okay. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Amen. So what is he telling us? Not by praying, he was teaching on this reality. Proclaim, let your kingdom come in this place that I stand. Every single time you pray, our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven, right where I'm at. Right where I'm at. Oh, and people try to uh, burglarize that. They become a thief because they want to live their life this way and not honor God and not worship God and not serve God, not grow in the Lord and not repent of sins and confess sins. They don't want to do that, but they want to live their own life. But anytime there's a problem, they want God. Amen. They want God. We're talking about what Jesus is saying Repent. Repent. It's that guy with a megaphone. Repent. Repent. He's saying, change your mind. Change the way you think. Change the way you live. It's your choice. And when you change the way you live, I want you to understand that you acknowledge God in everything, and when you do that, then you have the ability and the right to proclaim everything that's of heaven in your life on this earth. Are you following me? That didn't just fly over your head, did it? No, you got that. Okay, let's go. Just in case it did, I'm going to say some more things here. So the question is, well, Pastor, if the kingdom of God is already here, why would we pray for it to come? Because the answer, the word come in the literal language, actually means ever growing, ever blossoming, ever expanding within you. Thy kingdom come. Let it grow in me. Repent. Let it grow in me. Let it become bigger in me that I know who I am in Christ and I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I am a child of God. But we're thinking oh man, I'm not good enough. It's not about your good, because your good is already not good. Because there's only one good, and that's God. So stop judging yourself. Amen? Stop judging yourself start realizing the kingdom of God is within you, and when you walk in this acknowledgement of who he is in your life, and now you begin to watch grow in the kingdom of God. Let the kingdom of God grow in you. We're talking about becoming what God created you to be. This word come, Jesus is telling us to proclaim to him, let it grow in me. Let it become so huge that I see nothing but your kingdom. When I see this in in this world, when I see all the chaos in this world, yes, chaos is there, and I'm praying, and I'm believing God, and I'm speaking, you know, for our nation, all the different things but bottom line, the kingdom of God is in me and I will not respond to the chaos of the soul man, to the chaos of the world uh, in in a negative way, but I will respond to it through the kingdom of God. And I will defeat every single enemy that is trying to stop me. Because you have faith, you have power, you have anointing, you have a call, you have a gift. Do you think I enjoy this truth here? I do. To become the kingdom or live within its power. Jesus would say the kingdom of God is like the wheat. He would say it's like the mustard seed. It's growing. Always talking about it grows in you always talking about, you know what, you're going to face chaos in this world, you're going to face trials in this world, but be of good cheer, I've overcome it, the kingdom of God is at hand. Living, well let me just say say this, when Jesus died on the cross, he set his kingdom back on this earth, and we have the opportunity to pray it in so that it grows. Not, oh God, can you, no, let it grow in me. Let it happen in me. I'm going to become this. So that when that happens, that I don't respond the way I used to respond. When that happens, that I begin, what it is, is you are removing selfishness. Oh, you know what? Some people don't like to hear that. We don't like to hear that. Because in, in some cases, it, you know, it, it's all about me. And I want to say to you, church, is that, that all Jesus is saying is not me, it's Jesus. All he's saying, he says, if you want this to grow in you, then you've got to get this me-ism. You've got to get this, this selfishness out of you. You've got to remove it, and you need to walk in this anointing of the kingdom of God. A story I heard is like a little boy who desperately wanted a little sister. (laughs) He kept telling his parents, Mommy, Daddy, I want a little sister. I want a little sister. Of course, not knowing how this takes place. And finally, the parents were so exasperated, they said, if you want a little sister, you need to pray for that little sister. And the little boy said, Okay, I'm going to pray for that little sister. I'm going to pray every single day that God will give me a little sister. Well, lo and behold... Time passed by, and the mom did get pregnant. She had the baby, and the father brings the son in after the the baby was born. And he says, son, I want to show you something. They walk up to the crib, and the father pulls back the blanket, and there's this beautiful little girl laying there in the little bed. And he said, son, meet your baby sister. And the little boy says, Daddy, Daddy, I'm so happy. Thank you, Daddy. Thank you, God. And the father said, Wait. I want to show you something else. So he pulled the blanket back a little bit more. And there were two baby sisters. And Look, you have two baby sisters. And the little boy goes, Oh, two baby sisters. Oh, this is so great. This is so great. And then the father paused for a second, and he turned the blanket again. Look, son, three baby sisters. And the son goes, oh, daddy, this is so great. And you know what he said? The daddy said, your mom had triplets. Now you not just have one baby sister, you have three baby sisters, son Aren't you glad that you prayed? And the son just stood there with his shoulders back. He said, Yes, but aren't you glad I stopped after three days? <laughs> What's that all about? Make you laugh a little bit. But we need to stick with this. Why are you giving up if you are? Well, I prayed and it didn't work. Why are you giving up? Jesus said the kingdom of God is at hand and it's in you. What we have been expecting, a little play on words there, we've been expecting for God to do something, but he does it from the inside. He walks through you. He works through you. He speaks through you. The kingdom of God is at hand. Turn it around. Repent. Think differently. We're waiting for God to do something when he's already done it. And it's inside us and that power of God is there so that when we are around people, people get transformed because you're there and the kingdom of God is there with you. Because it's inside you. We need to believe God will move in us as in faith we pray Partnering with God. Man, that is such a crazy statement that I just made there. Partnering with God. Because God gave it to you, now you partner with God. That's exactly what went on with Adam and Eve and Jesus. They gave Adam the authority and said, now you, but The presence of God was there and they were able to do everything and handle all things in this world until they chose not to believe it and believe something else. So that's why Jesus all throughout the New Testament, all throughout the gospel saying, repent, change, change your mind. Don't think the way you used to think because I created you to be someone that builds the kingdom of God. When you walk in this, you build the kingdom of God. The second point, what I've seen that, that just absolutely transforms nations, we build the kingdom with giving. We build not only the kingdom with prayer and fasting, but we build the kingdom with giving. Giving of our time, giving of our finances, giving of our heart, and giving of our resources. Giving that impacts our community and the body of Christ. That's what God is saying. That's what he's saying, repent. In Mark chapter 10, Verse 17 and 18, he says this, Now as he was going out on the road, one came running, knelt before him, and asked him, Good teacher, what shall I do that I may inherit eternal life? So Jesus said to him, Why do you call me good? No one is good but one, and that is God. Jesus is calling out something that he sees in this man. In a moment, we're going to see this man (laughs) thinks of himself as good, so Jesus questions him. And what happens in this, this scripture, and we covered this when I did the series on the goodness of God, God is good. The, the, what we find is that mankind has a tendency to not understand that within them when you're born again, you have the kingdom of God. And, and, and they push that aside and then they go with their own good, their own thinking, their own opinion which creates chaos. That's why we see chaos in this world. But when you begin to understand and repent, think differently, 180 from what you used to think, then what you will then begin to see is the goodness of God in you that now works through you instead of you being the one. Selfishness. Verse 19. Jesus says, you know the commandments, do not commit adultery, do not murder, do not steal, do not bear false witness, do not defraud, honor your father and mother. And he answered and said to him, teacher, all these things I have kept from my youth, I'm good. Then Jesus looking at him, loved him. Why would he say that? Why didn't he say, and then Jesus looked at him and said, you idiot, you don't understand a thing. Right? Because that's how (laughs) sometimes we would think. Then Jesus, looking at him, loved him and said to him, Remember, love brings correction. One thing you lack, go your way, sell whatever you have, and give to the poor. And you will have treasure in heaven. And come, take up the cross and follow me. But he was sad at this word and went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. Then Jesus looked around and said to his disciples, how hard it is for those who have riches to enter the kingdom of God. Now, this is another passage that everybody, just like, they they just don't get it, what he's saying. See, if you're rich, you're evil. See, if you have something, you're evil. You're not supposed to have houses and a car. Don't, Don't tell anybody that God blessed you because that's being prideful. What? God says that I'm going to bless you with houses and land. And when you are blessed, you honor God. And when you are poor and you honor God, you honor God. <laughs> so it's not about the money or what you got, but it's about the heart behind or what you got. The original question is how do I get to heaven? Remember that? Jesus says, sell everything you own. It to the poor. And then it says that he went away sorrowful. See, the first century Jew, eternity or eternal life is seen totally different than us. When we think of eternal life, we're thinking of salvation, but eternal in the Bible is translated ages to ages. So again, the question is, How can I get into heaven one day when I die is is our thought. The first century Jew thinks this way. How can I enter into your kingdom in this age and all the ages to come. So much deeper than just salvation. Even though salvation is deep. Jesus clearly is, is te- talking about his kingdom on this earth, living now in it that the kingdom is in you. So what he is saying to this guy, he says, so how difficult is it for a rich man to get into heaven? He is literally talking about, let, let, me, you know, let me just tell you a story of what Jesus was talking about. In other countries, people hunt monkeys and they use a method to catch them. They take a jar and attach it to a tree or a rock. It's a large jar and then at the neck it's very, very small. They put something that is very enticing to the monkey into that jar. So the monkey comes along And it's just, you know, walking around, smelling. All of a sudden it smells what's inside there. And so what the monkey does, looks and looks and looks, looks inside and reaches in to grab what it is, thinking, I got it. And what goes to pull out its hand, it can't pull out its hand because it's clenched. And so the monkey can't, the only way the monkey can let it, is to let it go. The only way to get out is to let it go. But lo and behold, happens most of the time (laughs) is the monkey won't let go. You could even walk up to the monkey and say, listen, the hunter's right over there. Do you know what he's going to do to you if he gets over here? Just let it go. Mm -mm. Nope. It's mine. See, what Jesus was talking about, there's some things in your life you need to let go. There are things in your life that you are holding on to that you see, this is mine. He's not talking about, you know, if you ever make any money, just give it to the poor. He's saying, no, there are things in your life I'm talking about, repent! Change your mind. Go the other direction because I've given you all that you need. It is the kingdom of God that's within you. You can get your lives transformed and everyone that you are around, your home, your family, your business, your job, everything around you. But there's something you're hanging on to. So the monkey will stay there and get caught and get eaten. He will not let it go no matter how trapped he is. What is Jesus talking about? Is it true the only way to heaven is sell all your possessions and give to the poor? <laughs> no, it's a confession of Jesus Christ It brings you to heaven. But if you want the kingdom of God to rule in your life, in your home, your family, everything about you, then you need to let it go. Jesus noticed here is a guy who is keeping the law and loves God, and Jesus loves him? The Bible said that. And Jesus loved him. This young man has his fist so tightly wrapped around something that's keeping him in bondage he's talking about the kingdom of God, kingdom of heaven, every aspect rolled into one, is how do you walk in that is that you release those things that are keeping you from walking fully in the power and the anointing of the kingdom of God. Even though this guy, the Bible even told us, he might feel he's experiencing a good life, but he can't leave what he's attached to. Naked you are born, naked you will go. Listen very closely and we'll finish next week. The story is not whether he will make it to heaven, but what is holding you back from kingdom results. I'm going to say that again. The story is not whether he will make it to heaven, but what is holding you back from kingdom results. Well, I, I stole a candy bar when I was eight. That's not what we're talking about. <laughs> How many of you stole a candy bar? Confession. No, it's kidding. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> raising hands and feet. I would have loved your house, a lot of candy there. But the reality is, what is that that's holding you back? It's not from heaven. If you confess Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, you're going to go to heaven. Amen. God forbid that because you think that, that you're going to do whatever you want to do. Paul says that. But here's the key. We pray and we fast for things. Thinking God somewhere over the rainbow is going to give us something. When God is saying, I'm in you, that power and authority is in you. So when you pray, pray that you become more and more like the kingdom of God. You are a builder of the kingdom. That's why I love when I see the leaders of this church, pastoral leaders, you know, everybody, serving in the body of Christ, building the kingdom of God. That's why I love to go over to businesses and, and to pray with businesses and, and watch their vision and direction and, and pray with them and listen to them because they're building the kingdom of God. Yeah, they're building this part. But you're building the kingdom of God. You make resources from what you sell. And you build the kingdom of God with your resources. You're a giver. You do things for the kingdom of God. And when we say kingdom of God, the church is part of that. But it's not just, just all of that. Go sell everything you got and bring it to the church. No, that's a lie from the pit of hell. Don't you do that. That's not what God says to do. What God says to do is to make sure there's nothing in the way from the kingdom of God growing in you. So, how do you do that? First of all, you have a lifestyle of prayer, praying that you grow. That kingdom come, that it grows, it enlarges in you. That when things get tougher in life, the kingdom of God grows. That's where your prayer should be. Are you following me? I know you're getting this. I know it's re- just resonating in your heart. And then you get to a place of when it gets tough at work, and they're asking you to do things that's tough, sometimes they're unfair. You say, okay, you walk away, you pray in tongues, you pray, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And you walk in peace. You don't get angry. Why? Because you're there to build the kingdom. There's a different purpose than just making money or just having someone say, I like you. Have someone say, well, you know, this is, you do a really good job. One of the, they say, uh, a lot of books are written, they say one of the loneliest jobs on the earth is pastoral. Because in many cases, people don't say you're doing a great job. They don't say thank you. You're different. You're thankful all the time. And I appreciate that. But I just want to say to you, when you go out into the world and you do those things, and God says, you know, it cracks me up how some people say, well, the Lord showed me and led me to do this, but I'm so ticked at them, I can't believe the way they treat me. God knew that. Amen? God knew that. They ripped me off. God knew that. Well, why didn't he stop them? person ripping you off of 20 bucks, 100 bucks, is not going to destroy you. God owns a cattle on a thousand hills. He can replace it when you walk in the kingdom of God. And you walk in this lifestyle of living that you have become a builder of the kingdom of God. And when things get hard, you pray, Thy kingdom come, Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom in me will enlarge and I will be bigger than that. Let's all stand.